You're listening to the Arturnia Archives. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Deadlands from Original Box Set. Um, I'm the... Oh man, they don't call them Game Masters. I'm the Marshal, Max, and with me we have Anne McDade, played by Sarah, and we have Father Cross, played by James. How's it going? And finally we have uh, Soy Mage, who is playing... Reliable Dr. Webb. Webb, I was about to call you uh, Dr. Walters. And I was like, no, he's not Dr. Walters. Dr. Walters is the other Pinkerton. Tonight, we will not be joined by our cowpoke and gunslinging hero, um, for he is dealing with life at this moment in time. He is be back next week, but for the purpose of the game, his character will be included and will be discussed, and uh, it'll all work out better for the story. So I want to thank everybody for joining. And let's get this show started. All right, there's no like intro music or anything, so just imagine something cool just happened, and now we're back. Yeah. No, actually, don't don't do that. Um. So let me set the scene. Right now, we are on a train between um, Dodge, sorry, Dodge City and Little Rock. And on this this train is passing through. Uh, the edge of the Coyote Confederation. Uh, they're riding on the train. The Dixie Rail Company owns this train. And the group so far, the train ride has been eventful. Uh, within the first day of travel, the train got attacked by dog soldiers who boarded the train and it led to a bit of a calamity. And as the night went on, things just kept getting a little bit more so. Uh, near the end of the night, one of the youngest uh, passengers has disappeared. Uh, does anybody remember the young missing person's name? Seeing if anybody actually took notes other than myself. I only have the names. Oh, wait, no. Kyle Walters is not. Uh, his name is Natty, but he goes by Hawkeye. Because he's a kid who's just like, yeah. And he's disappeared. Natty has. Um, As the posse began to form up with Bixby because Bixby was the hired gun who's been riding in the uh, engine this whole time began exploring the train looking for the missing Natty they didn't find him but instead found something else and it led to a chase through the train after a and an unholy reckoning up near the engine itself we're going to start off tonight's game session not at the sea because we'll be catching up to them we're going to be Getting to the part, we're going to be paying attention to our good Dr. Webb, who has been um, not part of the hunt for this, but that doesn't mean that he didn't hear things. Um, Webb was last left uh, tending to patients as the night had rolled on. And uh, so you would have been in one of the cars when Bixby walked by. You would have seen the, the man you hadn't seen beforehand. Hired gun, uh, definitely looked like a, a bit of a strong character, carrying a rifle and a pistol, head to the back of the train. And then later, at some point in time, um, the trio with Bixby, it was uh, Father Cross, Ollie, and Bixby. Right. And I'm trying to remember, were they running they were running through the train. And then at the end, 
The door was so stuck for some reason, they could not get up. So they couldn't get through, so they decided to climb to the top of the train and try to get over the next car. Somehow it had become, that door had been wedged shut. No idea how that happened at all. None. The frame had become bent beyond easy access. Whoops. I have to go kick someone out of the room, otherwise she's going to keep crying. Um, from this point on, if uh, I will leave it to Sarah to continue the story. I'll be right back. All right. So uh, while uh, the door was wedged um, and they were trying to get through, um, there was some kind of creature running um, along the outside of the train, kind of jumping from car to car. And... Uh, so, um, thinking that it might have been one of the dog soldiers that was still left, um, I decided to follow it until I realized it didn't quite move uh, as humanly as expected. So, um, after chasing this thing and seeing kind of this deformed, stretched... Max, now that you're back, uh, you want to describe the creature? Yeah, um, it looked like a human for the most part, but parts of it seemed to have been pulled out like taffy. Arms were longer than they were supposed to, legs, feet. Feet were definitely larger, and the ears were not normal. It had fangs like uh, the Nosferatu out of the old black and white movies. And so this critter um, was not natural, as far as Anne could tell, and she realized it was a danger to the train. So, uh, naturally, I decided to get in a fight with it. I tried to keep my distance, but uh, um, it soon proved um, bigger and in some cases faster than me. So, um, as I tried to slowly retreat, there was a gunshot that rang out and I realized backup had arrived. Um, the, the, the boys had made it through that uh, mangled bent frame door. And um, so, as not to reveal um, the the strange um extreme powers that the lord has clearly bestowed on me um i feigned uh fainteness and let them take care of this beastie um to which they totally did and um shot it multiple times until it finally disintegrated even though it looked dead um and i think that's where we left off that is exactly where we left off um on the top of the train car um ollie Father Cross and Dr. Walters charged the line, moved into positions, and each took quick shots at the creature. And if it wasn't for Dr. Walters, the creature might not have been slain so easily because he got the last shot in before it fell to a heap on the ground. Clearly his was the last gun that fired. Um, in that, poor Ollie, his Winchester went off in his hand. Um, a round jammed or something, and a massive explosion happened, sending the gun into pieces of shrapnel. He fell backwards on the top of the train car. And what happened next was purely only a blessing because Father Cross was able to leap back and grab a hold of him before something terrible happened and he rolled off the train and into the darkness. And so that's what we're going to be picking up at this point in time. Father Cross is become aware of the situation and being crying out for assistance to get Ollie off the top of the train because there's no way Father Cross is doing it by himself and Dr. Walters at this point in time is uh, trying to personally figure out do I jump down there and check out what just I killed or do I help out Ollie? Um, anyways, that's where we're starting and Dr. Webb, you're inside the train car. You are at the point where 
because you're not you're feeling okay you got the window open you got the air blowing across you um you've the gentleman up the way who's been coughing you got him to actually move to the back near an open window so he's not coughing and it's not blowing in everybody's face thank god for that nobody needs cholera and um so you're sitting near the open window when ollie and bixby and father cross shoot past walters is sitting next to you at that point in time and as they're running into the car in front of you uh walter stands up you go to say something and he goes in his normal awesome way you stay here and i'll go see if they need help and he dashes off with the rest of them within moments of them leaving you hear a bang followed by bang 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 bang, bang. multiple shots the car is coming at, the train is coming at a turn. So you see the night illuminate with gunfire. Uh, from what you can tell by your position, it looks like people are on top of the train. It's only about six shots you can reckon fire off. But after that stops, you, you're just like dead quiet. And everybody's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you know? Panicked as people are in the train, like what just happened? And then you, and you hear a yell, help! Someone help me, he's gonna fall off the train. He's been, he's hurt. And you did see one of those pops was really bright. And so uh, this is where we're at. You can hear and you're identifying the priest's voice. Yell, James, what would it sound like if Father Cross was yelling out for, for help? By everything that's holy, someone get up here and help me. All right, then uh, unholstering the Gatling pistol, getting up. I'm definitely making my way towards the sounds of both gunfire and the sounds of people. All right. You begin moving in that direction. Um, and as you've moved into a position on the next car back away from the monster itself, it has fallen onto the ground. As you're taking a moment to adjust yourself, put your things away, um, Dr. Walters uh, leaps down from the top of the car that you're on onto um, the car nearby you. Um, he might be an athletic looking, he might be athletic enough to handle that one, but it definitely looks like that might hurt. But he stands up quickly and, and brings a gun on it. Um, so he's only standing a few feet away from you and doesn't look like he's seen you just yet. And you can hear crying from above you, uh, from Father Cross. Um, I kind of, uh, 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 come, pretend I'm coming to, um, from my swooning. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I kind of like lean myself up on uh, onto my elbows and um, uh, cry out uh, um, and kind of look up at him and, and go uh, um, you saved me uh, Dr. Walters not a problem ma'am all within the limits and powers of a Pinkerton detective lol you can cringe later I uh I help myself uh, kind of slowly stand up uh um, but kind of pretend it to be weak and, and let him help me uh, get to safety. Okay, he will do so. Uh, gently, he picks you up um, and uh, uh, makes sure that you look fine. He says, it doesn't look like it hit you, did it? Don't it bites or any scratches? I, I don't, I don't remember. Um, I, I don't know if I've, uh, uh, or um, you as I say that, I'll everything, kind of like, but... oh, I'm great. Yeah. Um, as I kind of like say, like it all, it all seems so fuzzy. I don't think so. I, I think I uh, managed to uh, flee just in. Yeah, she was a regular ballerina. 
Also, don't look at my blood. (laughs) (laughs) He will say, don't worry, looking back at the dead thing that seems now no long, no as, not as elongated as it was. You've noticed that there's like a change in its actual shape. He looks to it and then says to you, don't worry, I'm a good gentle doctor. And if you need to be checked out, I promise you, I have uh, been trained in the Christian ways of tending to women patients. I think more than anything, uh, kind doctor, I just need to rest. Uh, would you would you take me back to my uh, my 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 chair? I can do that. I can definitely do that. I need a man here to watch. I need I need a man here to watch this. I will go get my assistant. Um, All right, already behind you, good doctor. And so, he's standing there with his pistol already drawn and kind of aimed at whatever that, pardon my French, whatever the hell this thing is. On all right, you when you got to where everyone else was, they had pried the door open, and so as you make your way through the card where you're at, you see it looks like a person, a, a human being, best by description, that has taken about four rounds to the head. Oh, so what we like to call in the medical field a splitting headache. That's a good one. I like it. Um, Dr. Walters will now escort Miss uh, and Miss McDade back to your quarters so that you might get some rest. Um, he will also suggest uh, something to, to knock the edge off of, and uh, he will produce one of his little uh, tonics that have opium and alcohol in them. Um, I'll gratefully take some, but uh, try to like keep it. Okay. He'll escort you in the room. He'll even so much as to dawdle around to make sure you're fine before he actually leaves. Um, Dr. Webb, when you step out and you look down and this whole engagement has taken place, you are watching the remnants of this corpse physically change. Its body mass and size, hands, which are large, are becoming more normal in size. Shredded clothing still remains shredded, but its elongated legs are returning to what would be a more human dimension. But you don't see anyone crying out for help, and you definitely don't see Father Cross. Uh, Father Cross, where are you? Father Cross! Father Cross, you and Bixby are on the top of the train at this point in time. Um, you have, and Ollie has, after the gun went off, he rolled. And so you have got a hold of Ollie's shirt and and whatnot, and uh, his shirt and shoulder area, and Bixby is reaching over the side, trying to grab a hold of either pants or legs at this time. Ollie's gun handle is still in his hand, gripping, and his hat has blown off and is now trailing behind him as he lays limply on the side of the train. You and Bixby need to make strength tests to pull him up, and you must succeed in beating between the two of you an honorous seven. Did I ever fix the roll 20 to where we can see the dice rolls over here? I think I did. See the dice rolls over where? Oh, um, on to the current page. Nope, that's too big. Nope, that's... Nope, I got rid of it because I put the uh, little boss thingy down in the corner. Oh, before we do anything, uh, we need to do our chips. Do we? I don't care if you guys do chips. Remember, kids, chips, not even once. <laughs> yes, go ahead and get your three chips. I'll drag out mine, too, here in a second. Sweet. 
And you said, and we each or at least one of us has to be an honorous seven. No, you do. It would be a, a nine if he wasn't helping. He's an NPC. He doesn't actually roll dice. Right. Okay. Um, We're all drawing three dice, right? Yes. Yeah. Three chips. <laughs> what game am I? <laughs> <laughs> You're playing one that lets you draw dice instead of chips. I'm playing my own game over here, guys. <laughs> and you're winning, too. I'm the best. Oh, look at all those red chips. Beautiful red chips. Oh, Soy Mage, you need more red chips. <laughs> Crickets. All right. All right. I am actually going to... For this in particular, I am going to go ahead and spend uh, one of my red chips as a part of my roll. You don't have to. If you if you critically fail, you drop him. Um, so I would consider that. But if you don't beat a seven, then you don't succeed. Uh, otherwise, you can just call out for more help, and hopefully somebody will help you. Okay, let's see how the strength check works. A five. Yep. Uh, so I will... Because I've been yelling, what, for the past couple minutes right now? No, not even a minute's worth of time. Okay. Is he slipping? No. You have a good hold on him. All right. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll keep trying to pull him up and keep him to a point that, you know, uh, that he can get his leg kicked up. So uh, the reason it's an ornery seven is because... Ollie is not awake. Oh. Yes. You said he's still gripping the uh, rifle? Yes. Like a good gunslinger, even in death, he'll hold on to his guns. Is is the rifle down or is it... Down. Okay. All right. As you're pulling and you've made your tug, you're trying as much as you can. Bixby's got a hold of some pants and he's trying to assist at this point in time. You hear uh, a voice crying out. Father Cross, where are you? Up here. All right. Dr. Webb, you hear it come from the side of the train. I'm still trying to keep my pistol trained on the creature. Even with the shrinking, I don't know what it may do. Right. And I'm trying to look around and... Uh, Father Cross, uh, is this a trick or are you really going to throw in your voice? Because I could swear uh, you sound like you're outside the train. No, it's not a trick. Get your God-fearing butt up here and help us. Alrighty, then I will carefully... I'm still watching the body as I'm backing up, uh-huh. uh, trying to make sure I don't fall over, obviously. Yes, of course. Uh, before, before trying to find a uh, one of the train ladders so I can step up and get on top of the roof. Not a and problem. And try and carefully make my way over to Father Cross. You do. You pull yourself to the roof and make your way over to Father Cross. This reduces the difficulty and requires no roll to pull Ollie up to the top of the train as the three of you are able to wrench over and pull him up. Okay. May I ask what it cost you to get up here? We wanted to go for a walk. Bixby uh, butts in and says, the door was locked. We couldn't get it open. It was the best way to get up get over the next car. Some had jammed it shut. Seeing that you got past that, must have got it open. What was that thing? Uh, the closest I can tell in my medical expertise is something beyond. 
Lord save us all. All right. What do you guys want to do now? You're on top of a train driving through the Coyote Confederation in the middle of the night with a man who's got a hand wound. The doctor, the Father Cross, you took an injury too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Okay. So you got a man who's got a busted gun and he's definitely unconscious. It's like when the gun exploded, it popped back and hit him in the face. All right. Um, I look at him and I look at uh, Bixby. I say, would you check to make sure that we don't have anything else roaming the train? Bixby we'll gets him, a nod. Uh, we'll get him down and back into the train. All right. So um, it takes three people to get him off the roof easily. And, and because it takes two to lower him and the one to catch him. Bixby will catch him and be able to hold him, and then, you know, you guys walk. Where are you taking him to? Well, once we get down, then I'll send Bixby off. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to lay him down in the forward car since they're uh, uh, out of the two cars we're between since mm-hmm. no one is there. And I'm going to uh, actually use lay on hands on him. Okay, okay. Because it looks bad enough that... You know, it's going to take them a while to heal from normal. Uh, I don't remember the level of wounds he took. Um, unconscious. I mean... So he's a critical? No. Uh, he got whacked in the head. In other words, there's well, no wound associated with it that your magical powers are going to remove. He just needs to sleep. Right. Or smelling salts or something along those lines. There's right, also a doctor right take... next to you. No, it was like, oh, he took... You took, like, two wounds, he took one. Oh, that's right, because I took the uh, most of the brunt of it. Yes. Okay. Um, game stats-wise and everything, he's going to be fine. Mechanically, yeah. or sorry, for the purpose of the game, he's knocked unconscious. Right. Um, I was more concerned about the wounds. If it's just one wound, uh, really looking at it, uh, then I will leave it as is. Okay. And, and you do so. So, I mean, you look at the wounds and from your experience, it doesn't look that bad. So you're not going to lay on hands. Uh, Father Webb, Dr. Webb, Father Webb, uh, Dr. Webb, do you want to, like, prognose the patient? Uh, yeah, I'll prognose both him and Father Cross. Um, you're unaware of Father Cross's injury. Okay, I thought you said it was a hand injury. Father Cross received a piece of metal to the back of his leg. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that yet, so... All right. Yeah, this train and my leg have not been the best of friends. Um, so do you want to uh, ascertain his injury? Like, because he, he's unconscious. You don't have to make any dice rolls. It's pretty obvious. Ollie's unconscious. Yeah, uh, this gentleman is... Yeah, I'll just look at him and look. Yeah, this man is unconscious. He's just going to need some sleep and maybe a cold compress for when he wakes up because his head's going to be throbbing when he dies. Bixby, seeing that you two have this under control, is going to wander the train. He heads back to the first passenger car and immediately goes to Anne McDade's cabin. Gives a knock on the door. Hello? Ma'am, you okay in there? I'm doing just fine. How much time have I had alone? So Probably about five to ten minutes at most. Okay, so I've changed clothes, so I'm not in anything bloody or gory, and I've cleaned my weapons and everything, so... Yes. Um... I'll open the door and uh, um, uh, kind of like uh, like pant, like I'm still kind of uh, declumped. <laughs> um, but I'll kind of like, just all this excitement tonight. Um, 
who would have thought a, a train ride to Dodge would be so uh, eventful? This is definitely one of the hardest ones I've ever been on. I mean, dog soldiers, and I don't even know what that thing was. He steps and in is, and leans a little, go ahead. This is Bixby? Yes. Okay. He leans in a little bit and goes, the Pinkerton fella says he doesn't know either, so it looked all sorts of strange. It was terrifying. I don't know what I would have done if, if the good doctor hadn't come along and, and saved. He kind of has a, a, a look of surprise on his face when you say that. That creature was, that, that thing was after you? I, I think so. I, I, I went to go to the ladies' room, and, and all of a sudden, um, before I knew it, I had been uh, swiped, and I was several cars away and, and, and oh my just trying to get away from this. I had no idea. If I'd known that you might have been in danger, we might not have taken those shots. We had climbed to the top of the car and saw the creature was going after something. It was too dark to tell. There was somebody there. That was you. You were very lucky to have gotten away. I think so, too. And and thank y'all for, for, for coming and, and destroying whatever that was. Well, if you get a moment, um, keep Ollie, the cowpoke that was with us, in your prayers. Um, his gun broke, exploded in his hands, metal and whatnot. He is not awake yet, but doctor says it's nothing but a flesh wound and he might just have a concussion, so. Oh, poor Ollie. Uh, I'll absolutely have him in my prayers and, and if there's anything I can do, of course, just like. He gives a nod. He says, I've got to make some rounds on the train. Make sure everything else is safe. Uh, you stay in your, you stay here it's, uh, and I'll be back shortly. And we'll have that coffee. And he'll smile. I smile back. Uh, 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 that sounds wonderful. I'm sure there's there's lots to discuss about uh, what happened. So I, I'm I'll be interested to hear your. He leaves, and this gives you a chance to do whatever as he wanders back down the train. What is what would you like to accomplish at this point? Uh, now that I'm changed, I want to go back to the compartment where the um, woman and her kids are mm -hmm. um, and see um, I actually wasn't around I think when they announced that uh, Natty was leaving I think I had left already um, yes. so I don't think I'd be on the lookout for him but at least I can go back and Thompson's the Thompson's is their name I'm writing that down hang on let me check to make sure I believe it was Thompson lost her husband Loudermilk is the name of the family that had all the children Oh, the annoying kids, right. Yes. Got it. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about the woman then, um, the Thompson. Thompson. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so you will head back, and um, at this point in time, I'm assuming that you guys would have brought Ollie back to this car as well. I'm taking a moment. Uh, I look at Dr. Webb, and I say, did you see it? Oh, this conversation. Okay, before we get to that conversation, you we'll get we'll get to that conversation. This is important. So before that, we we want to check on on the rest of the cars. All right. Um. So you get back to Miss Thompson, and so it's you guys aren't there yet. You get back. Miss Thompson is there. The lights have been turned down in this car. Everybody's huddled. As you come in, um. One of the gentlemen uh, sitting near the door is the uh, the gent the the black man who is at the back gambling. The uh, Pony Express rider. Uh, right. You see, he's sitting by the door as you come in. Everybody seems to be asleep, but he's not. He's got a shotgun across his lap. He tips his hat, ma'am. 
Is everything all right in here? <laughs> Trying to keep my voice down because uh, people are sleeping. Bixby told me to sit by the door just in case something happened. He said after that, there was a man running around the train attacking people. I'm supposed to make sure these people get a good night's sleep. He'll come relieve me in the morning. All right. Uh, well, thank you for your vigilance. And I'll uh, kind of duck into the um, compartment of the woman and make sure they're all set and like sleeping or get them up. You go over to the Thompson's compartment and they've set up curtains. People have set up curtains or just laying something over a string or a piece of yarn to kind of create some privacy. You go back over there and you slide it back. Miss um, Thompson is still awake. Uh, her children aren't. Uh, she had two kids and they're laying out on the bench and Miss Thompson has uh, a candle or sorry, a, a little lantern. Uh, it's more decorative than anything. And it's turned down real low, and she's got her Bible out in front of her. Um, hey, darling, how you feel? I heard gunshots. Is everything okay? Everything's fine. I think it was, uh, I, I don't want to alarm her, so I was like, I think it might have been a, a leftover dog soldier, but, um. Oh, my goodness. That's not anything to fear anymore. Okay. She looks down at her Bible and, and, and puts a piece of, uh, white fabric into the uh, pages before she closes it and she realizes the man's handkerchief that she's sticking in there and she looks up to you and she pats the chair next to her and says, you can sit if you like sure you're not able to get some sleep i i just can't close my eyes right now that's understandable um i'll take out the uh the the tonic that the doctor had given me and pass it to her it's okay not- she'll take it um Thank you. She puts it into like a little pocket on the front of her um, bag that's sitting on the, the bench next to her. You're so very nice. Thank you for being so considerate for us. God bless you. And you as well. I'm sorry for your loss on this trip. This should have been a trip of joy for you. It, it was going to be. We were, we have a homestead. He just got finished building it. Now it's a house and I don't know how I'm going to make money once we get out there. I mean, there'll be hands and everything, but who's going to listen to a woman? You'll find a way. And uh, for what it's worth, I'm not sure how long I'll be in Dodge, but I'll help you any way I can. She'll smile and she'll thank you uh, again for being so kind. Um, do you want to have more conversation with her? That would just be like non-role-playing. I wanted to make sure we kind of show that her she's distressed and everything. But I mean, did you want to spend time with her specifically for a while? Um, like, if I'm kind of just there if she needs someone to talk to, um, but if she, like, starts to drift off or wants to go back to her Bible or the conversation kind of goes, um, I'll just excuse myself and tell her I'll check in on her in a while. Okay, then, um, the only piece I think it would be important that she talks about is how, uh, the, in short, she talks about how she left her family, her father's business, the one that she was going to help her brother run, all to come out to hear all for this moment and so to kind of like just express that you know she doesn't know what to do or how to move forward and she feels really out of place and so that's where the conversation goes and so you spend a decent amount of time and it's not like a a perpetual cycle of oh woe is me talking to her gives her some reassurance that she can be a, a bit of a stronger individual she can be there to you know make a change and that's where the conversation goes so it's not just like she idly goes back to off to doing her own thing. You guys do spend time to having like that close connection and talk. So definitely make sure to jot her name down so that later on, if you're ever in Dodge City, you can look her up. 
What's her first name? We don't have one. Let's ask Chat to give us one. Chat, Miss Thompson is the only thing we know her as, and so this wonderful lady needs a first name. So as soon as chat pops up with that, go ahead and write it down. I'll write it down too. And basically, this is a contact, somebody that you know, because I think contacts are important in every game system. Ooh, there we go. Nice. Very nice. Okay. Now for that other important conversation, back over with Father Cross and Dr. Webb. You asked him a question. You want to start back over with that? Did you see it? I saw as it was transforming back down, but... Where is it? I left it over, I left it where it was in order to get you guys up. After that, I haven't come back to go get it. So the body's still there. Show me. Come with me. For the moment, I'm going to leave Ollie where he's at. Sure. All right. And you get back to the scene. There, laying on the flatbed cart amongst the cargo is a pool of black blood. No corpse. Now let me check the description again. Pool of black blood. Yep, no, no, no corpse listed in that description. No pockets to rummage through anything. The clothing is there, though. Uh, give me just a second. I'm going to go grab my bag. So I'm going to go back to where I left my medical bag, mm-hmm. uh, get it, and then I've got, I'm assuming in there, I've got probably a couple of little, like, not quite test tubes, but something I could put, like, a little bit of the black blood vials into. So Yeah, of course. So I'm going to grab a couple of vials of that, uh, one of which for myself to keep, for experiments. The other of which, um, as soon as we arrive at our destination, I'm going to mail off back to the house. Okay. When um, you were examining the pool of blood that's been left behind, it's black, it's very thick, and when you swab up some of it, other blood tries to go with it. Even blood that you didn't try to to gather, it, so it's kind of tarry. Well, this is slightly unexpected, but I'm gonna. If part of it comes with it, then I'm just gonna grab it up as well. I'm like worst case scenario. It's all part of. The- <clears throat> yep. This <laughs> is just. Oh, 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 oh. All right. So you probably see so you want a vial for yourself and a vial to send back. Make sure to put that in your notes so that you can have it later to discuss. Um, Father based Cross. Based off, based off the shape of the pool, it looks like. The whole body was might have been soaked in oil or something. Yes, and the body disappeared, but the clothing stayed behind. There's even some of this oily stuff inside the clothing. But you don't find I that l- out by yourself. Dr. Webb's kind of poking around and examining stuff. Right. I, l- I l- look at him. Dr. Webb, is yeah. this the way he... Is this the way it was laying? No, there was a body here when I stepped away, but... I don't know what caused such rapid. I'm stepping over the mess, um, and I say, "Is this the way the body was laying?" Uh, uh, and I'm pointing at the black icker. If you're referring to the way the body was laying, with its head facing me and its legs facing straight ahead, then absolutely. Otherwise, that was how it looked when I found it. Other than that, there was no head whatsoever. It looked like someone had managed to get off a handful of shots into it. That would have been us. I look at him and I say... Now, this is a suit, correct? Or, like, just common clothing? 
Oh, it looks like a pair of tattered pants and um, a button-up shirt. I'm probably missing half the buttons. Okay. Dr. Webb, the smell of this stuff, when it's, you know, it has to be like three or four inches away from you, but when you get close enough, it's strong. It smells like rot. Yeah, that, that's why I'm like, okay. It's, the smell is definitely not conducive to clear thinking, so. I'll pull him to my side. I'm staying upwind of it. Okay. Well, based off evidence and the fact that Bixby, Ollie, and I went to the last car to find a child, this is one of the corpses that we were, or was one of the corpses that we were hauling. Back in car number 13. If that is the case, then perhaps we should do, go very quickly see if we can lock it down to ensure that no one goes in and preferably nothing comes out, at least until we arrive at our, destina- in our destination and we can get some extra hands up. My thoughts exactly. All right. So the two of you are going to leave the puddle behind. Um, I need the two of you to make a... It's not... One second. I do want to grab Ollie before we actually leave so we can place him somewhere more comfortable. Cognition check from the two of you. Um, I'm going to make it an honorous seven for Father Cross and a five for the detective. Excellent. We got an 11 from the detective and an eight from the father. Both of y'all notice that the puddle of blackness, the terrible puddle of blackness, has gotten smaller. More so than what would happen putting it into a pair of vials. Yes. As you've looked up, some of it has receded from the cargo crates and left behind just a stain, a gray-blue colored stain. Almost like it's um, evaporating? Um, yes. Yes, yes. That's a very good assumption. Considering we did pretty much make a mess around here is there like a piece of wood or something nearby sure all right um i'm gonna do uh i'm gonna take that and use it to move the shirt sure uh to look under to see if that's what we're getting or it's um looks like it's seeping through the floorboards. Nope, it's gone there as well. The floorboards are intact. The shirt seems to have a dark gray-blue stain to it now. Uh, The floorboards do as well. I'm going to... Ooh, it looks like the boss has lost a few hit points. It's gone down from 2,500 to 1,500. When uh, we have a stain boss now, and this is like my first attempt using it, um... Just to let you guys know, if the Steam Boss gets defeated, which is cool, it's defeated by bits, uh, we'll be able to provide uh, one of the players with two chips, and you get the, you get two chips, and you get to pick the audience member who's done it, who those two chips go for. Players, if you're also on the, the thing and you donate and it goes away, you two players can also give yourself two chips or whatever. You can even give chips to me! Down. Please don't do that. Anyways, it's there. It is a, a nice little fun side game and uh, cool. Join in. Um, I'm trying to get the dice rolls to appear. I'll worry about that after the uh, the break. So um, you guys have become aware that the stuff is disappearing. Do you want to do anything else? 
Uh, well, give me just one second real fast to turn on a light, so it, I'm a whole lot more visible. Okay, I'm a little too visible. Ah, <clears throat> sorry. So my suggestion to you is um, a lamp, a small lamp that sits behind your camera. Give me just one second. Uh, let me kick on another light in the room. It should be a little bit better. As we went from not seeing you to, dear God, still not seeing you, just now with a halo of light coming off that. Apologies, chat. Where's the doggos? Hey, puppers. Like, I can't stand how cute this is right now. That is adorable. Okay, that any better? That is a lot better. We can talk about setup and lighting after the show. Right now, you're doing good. All right. Um... I understand radio, I understand. It's just a fun side game that players, the, the audience can use. I gotta adjust stuff, but this is a first time run. But it's a way that the audience can engage and also help the players out by, you know, when they're like, oh man, the players are winning. Give some chips to the uh, marshal. Uh, or, oh man, the players are doing terrible. Give some chips to the, the posse. You know, that kind of thing. All right. Um, so we got lighting situated. We talked about the stream boss. What are you guys doing now with your disappearing gooey monster? Out of game, grabbing a flamethrower, setting fire to the whole train. In game, um, at least wait until we get to Dodge City before you do that. There are flamethrowers in this game, by the way. I know, that's why I love them. NPCs, it's me, Remel Turnus, and I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to our Patreon backers. Seriously, your support makes all of what we do possible, and we are all extremely grateful for each and every one of you. If you aren't yet a Patreon backer, you can head over to www.patreon.com slash to check out the different tiers and rewards we have available. All Patreons get access to our podcast releases a week early, get their names in the credits of our live streamed shows, have first dibs on any casting calls for new games and shows we produce, and more. Once again, you can join our Heroes Hall at www.patreon.com slash and thank you all again for listening. Now back to the show. All right. So we're stuck on a train with disappearing bad guys. What's next? Taking Ollie and heading where? Or did you want to do something else with this almost completely gone gooey spot? I'm I'm not super worried about the gooey spot. If the good father would like to bless the spot, because technically a body has re-died here, then go ahead. Um, I will yeah. grab Ollie as best as I can and attempt to make my way down to, uh, you said cabin 13 is where the bodies are? Yes, so you're taking Ollie to cabin 13. Yep, well, I'm I'm dropping him off in cabin 12. And cabin then, 12 is a cargo cabin. Carbon, we were cabin in 10. Nine. 10 is the kitchen and cargo. Okay, then, yeah, I'm dropping off in, car, in uh, cabin nine, going down to cabin 13. And if anyone starts to question me, like, why are you back here? I will break out my badge and say, Pinkerton agent. And once I get to cabin 13, whoever is the nearest train member 
or train staff, I'm looking at them saying, by order of the Pinkerton Agency, no one goes in this cabin, no one goes out this cabin. If this is opened for any reason, I am immediately informed. Well, you do have that happen as you enter the 10th train car. Um, the conductor, Mr. Lockett, um, who is in his little private area, uh, reading a book and organizing stuff as you come walking through. He's like, I'm sorry, you can't go back there. You inform him that you're Pinkerton and what you're going to do, and he just... Uh, Bixby's back there, and he'll be coming back this way shortly. You can just wait till he comes back this way? And he shrugs, as if that's supposed to be an answer. Do you take it? Yeah, no, that's... That is a, a polite answer, but it's not, to me, good enough. Okay. Good enough is making sure that door is locked, ain't opening for any... Okay. So you, does Father Cross go with you? Uh, what I'm going to do is, and it will take me a minute to do it, is I'm going to use the Consecrate Item uh, Miracle. Um, what's in the cars uh, before and after us? What do you mean, what's in the cars? You're going to open boxes? Oh, it's all cargo. Um Okay, um, you get into car 11, you pull out a crowbar and pop the first box. Oh, I thought we headed forward. Well, I'm just, you said uh, as you were heading we back, I just fight. figured you were grabbing a crowbar oh, and starting uh, to face people's property. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab, uh, my gear. And, uh, when we actually start heading back and the conductor is trying to tell Dr. Webb mm -hmm. to wait, I say... I need to perform a few religious uh, procedures in the back. It, you'll forgive me, my son, if I don't ask permission. He just kind of shrugs. You're the guys with guns. Why would I stop you? <laughs> I pat him on the shoulder and just go past him. But I, I, uh, I do have the rest of my gear with me uh, for this. Sure. Okay, you get to, and as far as what the cargo is, is with that it's in 10, 11, and 12, you don't know. They're in boxes. The symbols on them range from uh, what seems to be food parcels, mm, bits of metal, a variety of parts, tools, and whatnot. So, cargo. Um, nothing strikes your fancy and goes oh hey I, I i i i know what that is nothing stands out and says oh no i this is a terrible thing to have there um no explosives in other words right my my brain was just going off in one way um i am pulling out keep forgetting the name of this pipe that i'm carrying around um, I am pulling that out in car 12, and I'm going to kneel on one knee as I use uh, Consecrate Armament on it okay. as a precaution. All right. So there we are. Pinkerton, Dr. Webb, Priest, Father Cross, standing at the precipice between 12 and 13. The door is shut. On the other side of that door, there are eight bodies. There's supposed to be nine, but one of them got up and walked away. And there are the two of you, with one of your warriors, Bixby, far beyond this car most likely. He might have already been ambushed and eaten by the ravenous ghouls that exist beyond this doorway. And Ollie passed out in the other room. If only there was another champion who carried tomahawks and was super strong or something that might be able to aid you, but none such exist. And so there you are. Car 13. 
who's opening the door. I need to get dice together. Go ahead. I was going to say, I originally hadn't planned on opening the door. I was just going to make sure it was locked. Yeah, well, but when, I, when he starts to lock it, I go, that's not going to help. How are you going to lock it? The conductor didn't give you any keys. Bixby's probably carrying keys. And Good point. Maybe you could bar it somehow. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll just run up to the conductor and go, Citizen, I need your keys. Yeah, no, no, that's that's not going to fly at all. I'm pretty sure the conductor's already taken me for throwing my weight around as it is. So, sigh, prep, check my pistol, make sure it's fully loaded. See, it's fully loaded. Okay, good. And then I'm going to open the door, uh, pistol very close to my face, mainly to make sure that it's not out so as anything can immediately just grab it and I'm not able to use it. All right. You grab the door. It is uh, a door that swings inward. So as you grab the handle, you push down slightly, you begin pushing the door open, you kind of lean in. There are slats in the door that make air pass through it, but not be able to be seen through. Uh, there is a passageway upon the that goes down the right-hand side of the train car, not exactly against the wall. There's a wall a small like layer of boxes and whatnot and then on the left hand side there are the positions for all the bodies as you step into the room and begin looking about it's dim for the most part but at the back of the car there's a lantern and what you see is a rather grisly looking sight you see bixby he has a sack burlap-looking sack of some sort. It is soaked in blood around one side, and what looks to be a pair of hands sticking up out of it. As he turns to look at you as you open the door, he seems not to flinch nor jump. There are, by the way, a nine, there are ten slats in this room for bodies or places, and eight of them are still accounted for. Uh, you okay there, bud? He gives a nod. Yeah. I got the remains of the my two caboose mates. I got the remains of one of my two caboose mates back off the back end of the train, put it in this here bag as much as I could. I guess that would be the better thing to do than kicking it off into the desert, out to the wilderness. It gives a long sigh. From what you can tell, there's only half of a man in that bag. That bag is not big enough for a whole person. Bixby's oh. hands are covered in blood. Father Cross. I look at him and I say, by the look on your face, this isn't the first time you've run across something strange. There's a lot of weird things out in the West, Father. I'm not going to start talking or spewing out nonsense like the next cowpoke. Then you saw what Ollie and I did, which was in, I start to step in slowly and with uh, the pipe just uh, tap the tipped over coffin Mm -hmm. I say then you know that our friend we shot up farther up the train was this gentleman here he gives a nod yes father I was back here when we discovered it with you and Ollie I just didn't want to try and make something up if you already knew something stares at you strange for a minute what I would have forgotten that it was a terrible mess we ever figure out who was chasing after Nah, I think it just had a yearning to go along the cars, but... Bigsby is referring to the fact that you guys saw somebody was on the train car running away from it while it chased after 
Someone. So you saw someone oh, else. Yeah, that's what he's referring to. I said, Continue. Go ahead. I, I say, no. I came down off the top of the car with you, uh, but never figured out who it was after. I did. It was Miss McDade. Nice lady up in the first passenger car. Somehow it grabbed a hold of her and took her up there and she got free and started running. She's very lucky. He gives a nod, goes back to taking the half of a person and putting them off in one corner and lays them down. Father, if you could do me a favor and let my friend have at least a, a decent pass. He's a good guy. Come up from Mexico about five years ago. Mm. Worked hard, did good. I wish we had more of them to put in the put here, but whatever that thing was, well, it ain't natural. I'll do last rites, uh, the miracle. All right. Is there any just benefit for rolling this? I mean, or is it just something that you do and then it's done? Uh, the last rites miracle um, ensures that they rest in peace. Excellent. Because you don't need a half. Well, zombie yeah, running around. That, that's that's all we need is you know uh, someone just wakes up in the middle of the night in their hammock and there's a hand just crawling past them, heading to the next car. It's a bag with two hands out of it and the hands are crawling. <laughs> just dragging the bag along. Yep. Oh, because of its half a body, it's only doing the breaststroke, so it's just like. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Welcome yeah, back, it, Sarah. It, We're it, talking about zombies. It will. Yay! It, it will keep him resting in peace, which unfortunately, uh, the gentleman in the tipped-over coffin did not. They will. He will, uh, with your assistance, put that coffin back up and then slide. Uh, his name is Pedro. Pedro into the box. What's left of Pedro, anyways? Just to kind of peek it, make it a nice clean set up so there's not a bag of Pedro sitting off to one side because that's terrible and because I forgot to do it right when it went dark um, I'm going to take one of my canteens since I have all of my gear mm -hmm. and uh, use the consecrate item on the water inside Okay. It because it expires at every sunset uh, so I'm making holy water for uh, to actually use on the last rites. Excellent. Well, we'll just say you've got that taken care of. Okay. Exactly. It's a canvas coffin, and that's sometimes it's the best what you can have. All right. Um, Bigsby wants to take you guys back to the caboose and show you the damages. Uh, before we go, uh, I'm just going to sprinkle a little bit of the holy water on each of the other corpses uh, uh, to actually perform last rites on each of them individually. Sure. Just in case. Well, Bigsby wants you to put some of that holy water on him just in case it'll help him out. I will uh, I will do a blessing on him as well and Dr. Webb since I've got both of them just in here. Bless everybody. Bless everything. <laughs> bless you too. And you get a bless. Instead of and you get a bless. And you get a bless. And you, you corpse over there that's wanting to move, you get a Let's just redirect the train. Instead of it going over the bridge, we'll just have it going down into the canyon, through the river, and I'll bless everybody with the baptism, too. Okay. And whoever doesn't drown is blessed. Bigsby will take you guys back to the caboose after that's been taken care of. You'll explain that David and Pedro worked back here. 
and this is where they were supposed to hang out, watching for make sure nobody come up behind the train, but now the doors are busted, there's nobody back here, so he's gonna go ahead and shut up these doors, and with nobody in the caboose, he's gonna have to keep making some patrols. Luckily, and I'm gonna toss this out to the audience, luckily, he says, there's a, a young man on board who is a Pony Express rider who needs some extra work. I got him sitting with one of my shotguns, up with the uh, in the passenger caboose, you what passenger car you saw him when you passed by. He'll be making some patrols too. Audience, the uh, Pony Express rider needs a name. Um, he's a runaway slave from uh, the South. Got free, headed out west. Uh, Frank Malone. I don't. Is this somebody that you know, or are you just that good with making up names? He's like, Frank Malone, it's somebody I know. I expect this guy to die. So, you know. <laughs> oh! Well, I'm glad you... I appreciate, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right, so... Um, I just imagine there's like three notebooks in front of you right now going, oh, you need a name. Um, page 37, there's a good name. He crosses through them every time he uses one. I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So um, he says, uh, a young gentleman by the name of Frank, and he's going to be doing some patrols with me. Anyone else that can help would help be good, too. But I only need at least two people to walk the train. You have my help. After what just happened, I want to make sure that everybody else gets to Great. dodge safely. Yeah. And he reiterates. He says, yeah, the thing was after had grabbed uh, Miss McDade. I'm going to go have some coffee with her and make sure she's okay. I'm sure if you two were interested, I don't think she'd have too much of a problem with having some company. I appreciate that, and the coffee will help for the upcoming patrol. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is the point. Um, you get a knock at your door. Uh, Sarah, your character gets a knock at her door. Uh, upon looking, you see Bigsby standing at the doorway. Well, welcome back, sir. Glad to see you made it back without incident this time gives a nod. We're assuming that you've made it back to your room after spending some time with Miss Thompson. Yeah. And he says, um, I'm ready to go get that coffee if you don't mind. Also, um, Father Cross and uh, Pinkerton are here as well. I apologize. Did Webb go? Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Coffee will help keep the sensor sharp. Sure. All right. And he says, um, we're all going to go have some coffee. I'd really like it if you'd join us. Of course. Let me uh, just uh, grab a little something to make that coffee a little sweeter. And I grab a little bit of uh, whiskey. <laughs> All right. You guys make it to the dining section. Uh, have a sit down. The guy is up. He plays with the little percolator for a little while to make you guys a fresh pot as you guys got to have a chance to sit. So this is the point where the players communicate. I thank you all again for... Uh, just for for arriving when you did and um i don't know where i'd be if i'd still be here if it wasn't for yeah. miss dade did you ever figure out why it was after you i i don't know i got this uh feeling i was just in the wrong place at the wrong time that it could have been anybody that the creature would have snatched up just from did you get a good look at it uh, I mean, with the, the darkness and the shadows, and it moved just so fast, it was hard to see, except that its features were just all wrong. I nod. Well, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, we made sure it was dead. 
I nod and uh, and uh, take a swig of. Bigsby says, "We went back to the back of the train, and the father did a blessing on all the individuals back there." Thank you, Father. I'm sure they'll rest easier. Did you get a chance to uh, speak with Miss Thompson so that you were at her um, seats? I did. She's got a, a difficult trek ahead of her, but I think she's got a, a good head to, to make it work first. Good. And she'll be able to take care of her husband when she gets back to Dodge. I'll make sure to the um, Dixie Rail will definitely help with uh, with that. And the owner is a real nice gentleman and definitely will uh, open his pockets to the, the less fortunate when something like this comes up. That's just excellent. I know she'd appreciate any help she could get. All right. So um, Big Speed just wants to kind of like has casual, have casual conversation, find out what you guys are really doing out here. You know, if you want to kind of get to that level of comfortness with him. Uh, He's not going to talk about the fact that two of his co-workers just died tonight or are missing. At least one's missing and the other one's only found half of them. Um, especially not in the front of uh, Miss McDade. Um, I will ask the... It is a, 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 a cognition. Yes. Cognition. Cognition roll uh, from the three of you. And got a four. And but I apologize, I should always say it, but I don't. It's a five. All right. Um, Soy Mage, you're still on Sharp. You have worked many nights in ERs. You have worked many cases with uh, Walters uh, where you guys have to be constantly busy. So you're Sharp, you're on point. Uh, you do catch like some inferences and stuff like that. Um, James, you don't. Uh, and, uh, and unfortunately, neither do you, um, but uh, Webb, you're noticing that um, Bigsby is being rather sweet on Miss McDade. Like he's sitting next to her. Every once in a while, he'll be say kind words. He'll compliment her, the outfit, how strong she was, or brave to try to get away from the creature and stuff like that throughout the conversation. And you can you can see that he doesn't break eye contact at all. And at some point, she makes a little. A, a quip to kind of being funny and make lightheartedness during the whole conversation and he has a good laugh about it and you think back to your psychology professors is like oh that's what's happening here um i will actually leave this option up to chat chat uh would y'all figure mr webb good dr webb would be blunt and point this out or is he just going to keep this to him or would he try to allow, take a moment to get Father Cross to go off and mind his own business while, you know, or, you know, how do you guys want to move forward? Like I said, I, I'm curious to see what chat would recommend here. Uh, would, whatever's the most popular chat option, I will. All right, cool. So, um, what is it that you guys, so you guys go through your, your stories of like, I'm going out west for this reason. I'm going out uh, to do this. Webb, do you tell the rest of the people you're sitting with that you're actually on an investigation like Walters would do? Uh, no, I will. Walters can be the security link mean breach he wants to be. Mm -hmm. Webb is not. He's a bragger. Right. Okay. Um, what about you, Father Cross? Are you going to tell them that you're hunting the devil? No, but I am going to tell them the truth. The church sent me out to dodge uh, as a 
part of my ministry, which is the truth. Okay. All right. I just won't tell them that monster hunting is that ministry. And um, McDade, are you going to, you know, what is what is your story that you're telling people? Oh, totally the truth. Not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, you know, the, the, the Lord just called me to um, that I was meant for uh, something out west and that he got me if I... Um, if I just made my way, I'd, I'd end up exactly where I was meant to be. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, and right now, you guys have no reason to disbelieve, you know, any of the stories you're being told. So it's like, oh, yeah, this is what really it is. We're all liars. Except Bigsby. He's, this is my job. I do this. He's, I mean, maybe he's, maybe he's actually lying. Maybe not. But yeah, his, his, this is where he lives in Dodge. And so he does the runs back and forth. I the engineer's lie. like, I've never I seen just, this guy. I did not lie. I just left out certain details of the truth. To be fair, Anna didn't lie either. She left out certain details of her truth, too. Technically saying classified isn't a lie. All right. So you all are just, uh, yeah. We're tight-lipped. That's the word. I I like that one. We are redactors. (laughs) Um, so you spend probably about a good 30 minutes to an hour maybe more talking and enjoying each other's company. And at some point, um, Bixby gets up and he heads back to uh, the other car and to send Frank, Mr. Malone, on a walk to the back of the train, uh, to the front of the train to and uh, to come up with, uh, to, to do a walk. And so he's gonna leave you three alone as Bixby leaves. He's gotta go walk Malone around and show him some stuff. But he tells you he will be back. Uh, Mr. Bixby, Myself and Father Cross can do that. Uh, besides, we need to go check on something anyways. So... He's kind of shocked at that. He's like, um, I am much appreciate that. Come on, well, Father Cross. We did promise that we would help uh, to ensure the safety of the train and the people on board. I much appreciate that. Um, to be fair, I'm clueless. So so I could be like, do y'all need help? I could come with you. Oh, no, we... We definitely have this taken care of. Um, out of game, this is because Riopel is the only person who actually made a decision, and it was be a good wingman and go with the and go for a walk with Father. So, um, Bixby will then offer. Well, I have to go to the the engine compartment, speak to the engineer. Would you like to see the uh, the engine? I can. You could walk with me there. Is that where all the buttons are? He gives a nod. I'd love that. All right. So, um, you and Bixby get a chance to walk to the front of the chain, and uh, you guys do a patrol. Um, this gives you guys a chance to, to mingle. Uh, I'll, I'll start with uh, Father Cross and Dr. Webb. Is there anything in particular you need to discuss with the two of you, or Malone in any way, shape, or form? Like, clue Malone in, don't clue him in, try to keep him, because that, that way um, he can take notes. I will definitely mention more of a be careful around the 13th cabin. Uh, we don't know what's completely going on, but it's also, the, and I'll lie saying that it's the most damaged from the uh, attempted raid earlier. Mm-hmm. So sure, sure. be cautious. Sure. Uh, he has no reason to disbelieve you, so he will just believe that that's what you're telling him. And when you say the 13th car, he'll do a cross across his body. Oh. Um, 
So, uh, anything else? Uh, if you guys want to exchange information, this would be the time to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to kind of go over to Anne and Bigsby, do some stuff there, and then we're going to fast forward into the morning. I look at him and I say, just out of curiosity, have you seen anything strange uh, on this train trip, even if you just thought it was your imagination? Kind of shakes his head. No, sir. Can't say I have. But, I mean, that kid disappeared. Ain't nobody seen him yet. Yes, we're keeping an eye on him as we go. If you happen to see a wandering kid... uh, How long could one kid stay gone for? He fell off the train, let's be honest. It's possible, or he just found a cozy place to sleep that no one's thought to look. He'll give a nod. Okay, so, uh, no, he hasn't seen anything weird, and he's more than happy to keep an eye out, and he's got this scattergun here, chock full of lead that he will definitely put into anything that looks weird. But he'll check twice to make sure he doesn't blow the head off some little kid. I pat him on the shoulder, and I, uh, uh, I say, good man. Why don't you go, uh, why don't you go get some coffee we'll sit here and uh, wait for you to get back okay alright so you guys walk the train show them where the back of the train is show them the caboose is locked up um, there and the 13th car is locked as well by the way Bixby has keys and uh, he has given you guys keys uh, given sorry given the Pinkerton keys to be able to lock and unlock, but he has not given out any other key. He has a key, the conductor has a key, he has a key, you have a key, and the engineer has a key. And those are the only people who have keys. Um, he's giving you Pedro's key, by the way. So, and I will definitely thank him for that. This key opens a lot of doors on the train that are still working. Like the one that she damaged, that one's not working anymore. It's just kind of being held shut with a piece of metal. Um, so yeah, there we got it. So, Anne, you and Bigsby are walking toward the, I should say, his first name is Charles. You and Charles are working, walking toward the front of the train. And so, um, he get, you, you pass by the door you destroyed, uh, and then you guys continue past and then you get onto the flat cars. He takes you up on the side of the flat cars where there's a small walking path and, uh, you know, he's, he's guiding you by the hand, wants to make sure you're, you're doing okay. Uh, and as you walk by and, um, make another cognition check because you, you know, he's talking, he's being really nice. Um, even now, no reason for him not to be nice. The difficulty was only going to be a three or five, but you still make it. And do you think he's being sweet on you? Like he's holding your hand. He's like, look out there. See those stars? And he's talking about the stars and the- Oh man. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, I'll find excuses to kind of not have contact with him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, like I'll see a, p- a piece of, um, I'll see something in one of the rooms and like have to touch it or like whatever like that. So that like I get my hands free and, mm-hmm. um, and stuff, um, try to, try to send the subtle messages. Subtle messages. All right. So this is a persuasion to kind of give him the idea. And I'm trying to remember what persuasion falls under. What's this big red button do? It's under uh, mean. So if you don't have persuasion, you can mean it. Oh, I have it. Oh, good. And she rolls an amazing 16. 
Subtle. I, I was very subtle there. So you get to a point where it's another, some of the uh, actual cars, not the flatbeds, and you get there and um, he goes to take your hand to kind of walk you on and you pull back for a moment. He goes, I understand. I'm just trying to be cordial. A might pretty woman like yourself out here. I just figured that maybe you're looking for company. Um, but I, I, I appreciate the, um, the compliment you pay me by, uh, by your kind gesture and everything like that. But, uh, um, I'll, I'll kind of like play it off as like, uh, um, a woman can't go around getting a, traveling by herself and get herself a reputation. He gives a nod. I apologize. I did. And, and since she rolled so high, he's like, I, he, you can, you think he's blushing. He's like, I didn't mean that. I was just trying to be really nice. A woman traveling by herself. I just figured that maybe you were, um, I'm sorry. And you can see he, you get him a little bit frustrated, not like frustrated, but flustered is because he feels embarrassed at the same time because he feels like he's overstepped his bounds. Um, I, I kind of put a, a, a hand on his arm and say, uh, um, I don't, uh, I don't doubt, doubt your good intentions at all, sir. I'm just fl- <laughs> All right, so uh, to which he will take you to the front of the car. You'll get a chance to meet the uh, engineer. Um, look, I don't have a name for the engineer, which means he'll probably die too. <laughs> All right, I need a name for the engineer, chat. Um, so you get a chance to go walk the rest of the trains. You pass through the car where the horses are at, because there's some horses on here. Um, and uh, you pass through... Um, like the second car, the car passed, not the second car of the train, the car passed the horses. Um, it's a bunch of cargo boxes and, um, they're marked, uh, with, um, like this Chinese symbols. Do you speak Chinese or read Chinese? I do not. Okay. Um, but if, if I notice those, I'll, uh, I'll kind of, um, stop him since I've been having the, the whole thing of I have to stop and touch everything anyway and be like, mm-hmm. um, what are these, uh, these neat symbols and what are in these boxes? He'll stop and say, oh, this is going out west for the rail building and stuff. Uh, I think they're engine parts and, um, might be explosives, but they would have symbols on them to let us know. Otherwise, it's just covered with that Chinese writing all over the place. Can you read it? Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm not educated that way. I understand. I can't read it either, so... Um, I'll kind of make mental note that they're there, especially since they might have explosives. Yes. But I'll move on. Oh, right. As you're getting farther along this train, walking through, this is a collection. This is... this is a, and, and what I'm saying is, like, all the symbols are Chinese. Uh, you come across a, a really long box that you can see into, and it seems to be a nice collection of about seven to eight, like, furs. And they don't look like they're bear furs or anything. They look orange and black-striped furs on the inside of this box. There's a lot of unique materials in here. Um, you pass by... Uh, I would describe it as a black marble coffin it looks like it's coffin shape it's more like a square pillar of some type it's standing upright inside of a box and it's not very well padded or packed and when you get about a meter away from it three feet one yard sorry this game used yards you feel like something pulls on your insides like you're like ah and it's it's like like indigestion suddenly so it's not a good feeling Uh uh-uh 
Uh, whatever this. What's all this? He goes. What's all this material? He shrugs. This is going up to Salt Lake City. He points at a little indicator on the box. There's a, a bunch of Mormons up there. You know what Mormons are, don't you? I, I assume I know what Mormons are. He goes, uh, there's one up there. He buys a whole bunch of stuff. His name's Hailstrom. And uh, that's his cargo right here. And he points to a section of the train where there's like several crates. And he goes, this is going straight to him. Got his name on it. And he taps the box and you see it says Hellstrom Industries on it. What does Hellstrom in- Industries do? Well, they make all sorts of stuff. Um, horses, carriages, and um, you know that uh, Pinkerton fella? Yeah. They got a fancy pistol. You get a chance, take a look at it. Apparently, Hellstrom's the one that made that. At least that's what they say. I'll kind of uh, look impressed and continue on. All right. But I make note of that that one too, because I might scope out what's in there if I feel like. Of course. Um, when you get away from the um, the black marble obelisk, that sensation passes away. You get to the main engine where you get introduced to Edward McAllister, the uh, chief engineer of the 877 Ironside. He happily describes to you the inner workings of the dual steam engine massive beast that um, he even points out like how fast it could go. He just dirty, dirty old guy shoveling. It's him and this other dude who's nameless, um, just shoveling coal, running the engine, hanging out at front, um, eating sandwiches and stuff. Um, but he shows you the engine. He's really impressed. He's tells you, don't come too close. It's really dirty up here. You'll get it all over your clothes. The black soot doesn't come out. Well, this is uh, um, so different than what I expect. I'll, I'll ooh and ah a lot at what they show me. Big old pit of fire in the center of it, getting shoveled with coal every once in a while. Heat spews out. They shut the little gate and steam rises out. Um, he says, if you're, if it wasn't nighttime and people were not sleeping, I'd blow the whistle for you. You could hear how loud it is if you've never been up here before. Oh, neat. Uh, well, maybe another time. He gives a nod. Um, Bigsby and him communicate about what's been going on and he breaks the news to him about things. He says, there was this, this happened. Um, I don't understand it. There are two Pinkertons on on the train, you know, and it was after Miss McDade here, and he explains everything to the conductor and says, we need to be careful. Whatever all that's going on, whatever that was all about, doesn't feel safe. There's a priest on board who's did a blessing over all the bodies, and he just doesn't like the way this ride feels. So everybody stay sharp because we already lost David and Pedro. The conductor, which spits and says, that's fine. David was Swedish. I never liked the Swedes. And so, um, big speed. There's the old West. <laughs> hate, I hate somebody. <laughs> Gotta toss it out there, hate somebody. Um, Bigsby will take you back to your, actually he'll take you back wherever you want to go, back for coffee, back for to your room. Um, I think uh, I'm going to call it a night. Uh, it's probably pretty late at this point anyway, and since I don't sleep, um, I can waste a few hours without having to occupy myself for an entire... So I'm just feeling a little sleepy now that uh, I've been up and down this train 15 times tonight, and now the adrenaline's wearing off from that attack and the other attack, and I think I'd just like to uh, to settle in. All right. He will let you... Um, 
he'll let you be. He'll be like, okay, not a problem. I'm gonna let you get some sleep and I'm gonna go get some sleep too. And I'm gonna make work things out and you, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds great. Thank you so much, uh, Charles. <laughs> and he'll blush at you using his first name. All right. Um, to which we're going to, uh, everybody's pretty much, unless the other two players have something they want to do this night, we're moving on to the next day and we're going to actually take our break now. Uh, and we'll be back. You've been listening to another fine tale in the Alternia archives. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google podcast, or wherever you listen to our archive. So until next time, take care of yourself. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.